Turn with me in your Bibles, please. Uh, he, uh, he said to me very specifically for tonight, I want you to share some, some thoughts about angels this evening and uh, talk about them. You haven't, you haven't preached about them in a while, and I want, you to, uh, I want you to remind the people. This is an area that is very easy uh, to forget and to not appropriate. You know what appropriate means? That means take advantage of. Yeah. Amen. And so would you please uh, turn with me in your Bibles first to the book of Hebrews, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter one. And you know, this is a famous, uh, famous verse, but uh, <clears throat> praise the Lord. We're going to turn there in a second. Praise God. I'm just looking up something. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Hebrews chapter one. And we see here now the subject matter. Actually, Lord, I don't really want to read it from this one. I don't, I think it's good better from the Amplified. So let's, let me read it to you from the Amplified because chapter two is clearer to understand in the Amplified. But let's start with chapter one and down in, in verse 14. I'm just waiting for it to load here. Give me a second. Praise the Lord. The wonderful thing about technology is you can have a hundred translations instead of a big, big, thick Bible, but you've got to wait for them to load. Praise God. And it says here, um, Verse 13 of Hebrews 1, besides, to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand, associated with me in my royal dignity, till I make your enemies your, a stool for your feet? Are not all angels, in other words, he hasn't said that to the angels. Are not all the angels ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? Verse chapter 2, verse 1, remember there were no chapters when he wrote this, so this is a continued thought. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than, e than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. For if the message given through angels, the law spoken by them to Moses, was authentic and proved sure, and every violation of disobedience received an appropriate, just, and adequate penalty, how shall we escape appropriate retribution if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation as is now offered to us, letting it drift past us forever? For it was declared at first by the Lord himself, and it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard him speak. Besides this evidence, it was also established and plainly endorsed by God, who showed his approval of it by signs and wonders and various miracle, miraculous manifestations of his power and by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the believers according to his own will. Praise God. So you see here, he's talking about, now I've heard some ministers preach and they try to make verse three, you know, um, how shall we neglect if we, you know, how, how, how will we escape if we if refuse, and, if refuse to pay attention to this great salvation that is now offered to us? And they, try, and they, they only talk about that in relation to angels. And that's, not a, that's not theologically completely sound. Because verse 3 is an all-encompassing verse. If you study it properly, which I've done, taken hours to pull apart every Greek word in here and look at all the cross-references, and let me tell you, and by revelation of the Holy Ghost, this, is, this verse here includes angelic assistance, but is not limited to 
angelic assistance. And it's important that we teach the Bible properly because some people I've heard that I even respect have said that this verse is only referring to angelic assistance, but that's not true. If you read it and study it in context, it's not. What, What the author is saying, let's read it again. For if the message given through angels, the law spoken by them to Moses, so angels obviously had had a part to play in explaining to Moses the law and, and all that kind of stuff. Remember, the angels went before Moses to bring him into the land, so they were very active in his ministry. So if that message was authentic and proved sure, and every violation and disobedience received an appropriate and just penalty. In other words, if in the Old Testament, the ministry of angels, which helped the people of God under Moses' ministry, was, 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 was right, I mean, it was proven out, and people that disobeyed in that dispensation under that, those things received a penalty yeah. and a lesser covenant of the Old Testament. If they disregarded the salvation that God offered them through Moses, and angels had a part in that. Remember, part of the salvation with the children of Israel was, my angel goes before you to bring you into the land. Right. Now, the people decided not to hearken unto that, 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 that revelation. That was a salvation to them. God was saying, I'm offering you a great salvation. I know there's tribes and enemies and wild animals and all that other kind of stuff, but my angel goes before you to bring you into this land. I've offered you a great salvation by my power through my heavenly hosts. Now, if you don't listen to that, you're going to suffer loss. Do you understand? And they didn't listen, did they? And they all died, all of them, millions of them died in the wilderness. They all suffered loss. So that's what it's talking about. If people back then, if the message given through angels, the law spoken to them by them to Moses was authentic and proved sure, and every violation, disobedience, they're talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness, received an appropriate, just, and adequate penalty. In other words, if that happened in the Old Testament, if they rejected what God offered them as a great help, a great salvation in the Old Testament. How much more are you going to be in trouble in the New Testament? Amen. Not that God's going to kill you. It's not, that's not what he's saying. He's saying if God offered help through angels and through his power, angels are not the only subject matter here, but they're, they're a part of it. If God offered his help through angelic assistance and through his power and they rejected it and they suffered because of it, when God offers you in the new covenant through Jesus, a great salvation, not not limited to, but including angels, and you disregard it, you are going to suffer loss. Do you understand what the author is trying to say here? It's not limited only to angels, but it definitely includes angels because angels is the subject matter at the end of Hebrews 1 and into Hebrews 2. But it's not limited just because he's talking about this great salvation. That word salvation is sozo. It means everything. It's healing. It's angelic help. It's strength. It's favor. It's increase. It's deliverance. It's everything. It's salvation from sin. It's everything that God offers Angels are one part of what God offers. So when ministers say this is only referring to angels, that's not really true because a great salvation is far greater than angels, but it definitely includes them. And we know that they're, they're, they're mentioned here repeatedly, so we got to pay attention. Part of the great salvation is through angelic deliverance. Yes. Are you with me? And if they didn't listen to the angelic, to the, to the wisdom of Moses, God speaking and saying, my angel has been given to you to take you into a land. And if they, they disregard that, they suffer loss. And he's trying to say, if under the Old Testament, they didn't get away with it, you're not going to get away with it under a better covenant. You should be all the more saying, yes, I received the great salvation. Let me not suffer loss. This is what this is talking about. How shall we escape, verse 3, 
appropriate retribution, we could say penalty, consequences, loss. If we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation, they had a limited salvation. Thank God for Moses and for the anointing and for the angels, but we've got a much better one. Jesus himself is our salvation. Moses was the type and shadow of Christ. We got the real Christ. We don't just got angels. We've got his blood. They never had his blood. Well, they had the blood of animals, but that was a type. We have the blood of Jesus. Do you understand? We have the better of everything. They they had a a shadow. We have the reality, the substance of that shadow. They had a type. We have the reality of that type. He's saying if under the shadow they disobeyed and lost out, when you've got the real, if you disobey, don't you think you're going to lose out? What's the author trying to say? God's offering you a great salvation. You better pay it. You better appropriate it. What is part of that great salvation? Angelic assistance. Because it's mentioning them repeatedly here. How shall we escape appropriate retribution? We could say penalty, consequences, loss. If we refuse, neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation as is now offered to us, letting it drift past us forever. For it was declared at first by the Lord himself. In other words, who talked about this great salvation? Jesus preached it. And it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard him speak. So Jesus preached the great salvation. And then those that were around him, Peter, James, John, the Epi- of course, Paul later saw Jesus and received personal revelation from Jesus. And these men delivered it to us. So we, we know it's not just what Jesus said, but it's been confirmed by the men who heard him. He's making a point, trying to prove he's a lawyer here. He's trying to prove his point to you. In other words, you can trust the great salvation that has been offered to you because not only did Jesus preach it, but the men around him that saw him also preached it and confirmed it. And besides this evidence, the fact that those men preached it, now watch, it was also this message, what? This message of the great salvation was also established and plainly endorsed by God who showed his approval of it, of what? The great salvation by signs and wonders and various miraculous manifestations of his power and by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to believers according to his own will. How does God Not only did they preach it, Jesus preached it, they preached it, but now he's saying besides all that, God continues to confirm. That's what he's trying to say. He did it then with Jesus and the apostles, but now he continues. See that? He continues. Besides this, it was also established and is endorsed by God who has showed his approval in the past and we can say present as well with what? Miraculous signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because these signs and wonders confirm the word. What was the word? You've been given salvation. The signs and wonders confirm the word. He's trying to say there were signs and wonders all through history. His short history. The people Jesus preached it. He had signs and wonders confirming it. The apostles preached it. They had signs and wonders confirming it. Others have preached it. They've had signs and wonders. I believe Paul wrote this. He's saying, I have preached it. I have signs and wonders. And everyone to come that preaches it. Preaches what? The great salvation will have signs and wonders to confirm it. And those angels are part of the great salvation. In other words, angels were integrous, integral part of them coming into the promised land and having victory over the enemies. Even David, when he stood before Goliath, he said, I don't come to you with a shield and a spear and a sword. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The Hebrew is is Jehovah Sabaoth. He said, I come to you with angelic assistance. 
You see, it was great deliverance has always included angels. Always. And, and that's why you see here, you see angels mentioned. First of all, I won't keep going, but if you, if you were to keep reading in verse 5, it talks about angels again. For it was not to angels that God subjected the habitable world of the future. And we're not going to go into that because it starts talking about another theme. But you see, he's talking about angels in verse 5. And then we see again here in verse 2, it says, For the message given through angels, the law to Moses. You see here? So he's, he's referring to angels frequently. So we know this great salvation preached by Jesus, preached by the apostles, preached by all generations since the apostles, preached by us and confirmed by signs and wonders. This great salvation includes, pri- not primarily, but a big part of it is angelic assistance. Now, if you go back, please, to chapter 1, at the very end, what we already read, I want you to notice that he's saying in verse 13, angels weren't what Jesus said, I'm going to make your enemies a footstool. So they're not equal to him. But what are they? They're ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. So he's talking, he's he's debunking what they're not, and then he's telling us what they are. Verse 14 tells us what they are. Now take verse 14 into account with Hebrews 2, 3. The great salvation includes angelic assistance. If in the Old Testament they didn't pay attention and they lost... In the New Testament, if you don't pay attention to the deliverance that God offers you in the great salvation through angelic help and others, but and through angelic help, that's what I'm focusing on. It's not limited to, but it greatly includes angelic help. You're going to lose out too. That's what he's trying to tell us. Now, the most curious verse is chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read 113 again, 114 again. Are not all angels ministering spirits, servants sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who will inherit salvation? Since all this is true, he, the thought continues. Since what I've just said about angels versus Jesus is true. Since angels are here to help you, that's true. We ought to pay much closer attention to than ever to the truths which we have heard. What truths? The great salvation truths. What does that include? Angels. What did he just say in the previous chapter? Angels. We ought to pay much close heed to this truth. What? Lest at any time we let it drift past us or to slip away. You can hear, I'm telling you, I'm guilty of it too. Not as much as I used to be, but we're all guilty of it. You can hear teaching about the great salvation And how God's offered you help with your confession. And you can let it slip away. Until the Holy Ghost in his mercy reminds you and said, you've been talking wrong. You better start talking right. You can understand the great salvation that God offers you by faith worketh by love. And so you're believing God in faith, but you're unforgiveness to somebody. And the Holy Ghost reminds you and says, that's not going to, you're not going to get that great salvation if you don't forgive that person. Now you see, he's offered us uh, the, the way to appropriate that great salvation through the love walk. And we can, if we're not careful, we let that slip away. Now with angels, he's just talked to us very clearly. They are here to help you. And then the very, very next verse, the very same thought, he says, if you're not careful, if you don't pay attention, this truth, of course, and other truths about the great salvation, but the, but the real subject material here is angels because the verse one, chapter 114 is about angels. And then he says in chapter two, verse one, if you don't pay attention and be very skillful with this, this great truth, this great help, what we see in verse three, this great salvation is going to sit past you. In other words, if you want the fullness of what God has offered you in your life, take advantage of angels. Yes, amen. Do you understand? If you want the fullness of what God has for you, because they're here to help you, 
but it's very easy to let it slip away. You have to, you have to concentrate. You have to make it part of your life. Like you don't forget to brush your teeth, hopefully. I don't think all of you have on your to-do list, brush my fangs today. I don't think you write that down. It's so ingrained in you that you just do it. Do you understand? I do have a list that I put on my phone every day. Eat healthy. <laughs> but it's there every day. Work out. I often skip number two and go to number three, but it's there. Work out. Of course, pray and other things that I do spiritually. And then uh, do a chore. No, I have it written down because my wife says that I need to do more chores around the house. So I, I write it down so I what my chore is so I remember. No, I'm serious. Because I don't want to forget. I got a lot of bruises I don't want anymore. So I wear long sleeves so you can't see them. Praise God. I, I also, I write down these things. And I, I even write, just remind myself, I play a game with the children. Because life can get so busy and you just see them in the hall, you, you know, running around. But have I, have I, I ask myself, I write it down every day. It pops up on my phone. Have, I, have you sat down, Craig, with the children and really spent quality time with them today? And some days it's impossible, but, but many, most days it's not impossible and I do it. It pops up on my phone. Have you worked out today? Now, often I, I swipe that. I swipe that. But I, but I am doing it more, praise God, because it reminds me. Now, those things, why, Taylor, do I have to have reminders? Taylor, you have a reminder, love Pastor Craig. That, that comes up on your phone every day. Hug him in your heart, a virtual hug. Send me a virtual hug. Now, now you see, why do I have these reminders? Eat healthy, work out, spend quality time with the children, do these certain things spiritually that God wants me to do. Well, you do my chore. Why? Because it's not quite yet fully in my DNA. In other, and how do I know it's on in my DNA? You know how I know it's on in my DNA? You think it is. Quality time with your children is not in your DNA? What kind of a father are you? Well, before you judge me too harshly, hypocrite, maybe you just let me finish speaking. But it's not in my DNA, Reverend Sandy, because my actions don't prove it. If I am not doing it without thinking every day, it's not really part of me. So to remind myself, because my actions haven't got to second nature, muscle memory, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because I'm not quite there yet, I put a reminder so that I don't forget. But if I keep doing it, I keep doing it, it'll become such a habit that it will become muscle memory and it'll become automatic and it'll become in my DNA and then I can erase that thing on my list. But until it becomes my actions, not my intentions. Yeah. Oh, but I meant to. Yeah, every fat person says they meant to get on the treadmill. And I can speak from experience. Every person says they want to spend time with their kids, but that doesn't mean they do. Good intentions mean nothing. Actions are the only things that count. You may mean to do it, but if you don't do it, who cares? It doesn't, uh, officer, my intention was good. I'm going to church, but I was driving 75 over the speed limit, but I didn't intend to do it. And they still write you the citation and say, it's nice that the road is paved with good intentions, but here's your ticket. Do you understand? It doesn't matter what your intention was. It matters what your action was. So I may intend to do these things, but because my actions are not 100% perfect yet, I have it reminding me all the time until it becomes second nature. Then I don't need the reminder because my actions are proving that it's part of my DNA. Are you following me? 
And I hum have to humble myself to do that because your, your, your pride your ir irks you. I don't need to be reminded about that. I'm doing the best I can. But no, no, it's not still perfect yet. Now, if you don't have actions about releasing your angels, do you understand? It's not in your DNA yet. It's not part of second nature to you. So if I were you, I'd put a reminder. Are you listening to me? You say an actual reminder? Yeah, I'm actually talking about a reminder. I'm actually mean put something up, put a sticky note on your, on your mirror where you look and do your makeup, ladies. Put something in your car on your dashboard where you can't help but see it. Put something that comes up. I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Because I, I have reminders. Now, I don't have that anymore because I do it so, I do it so frequently. But I had reminders every day would pop up and said, have you sent your angels out today, Craig? Have you sent your angels out today? Have you applied the blood? Have you applied the blood? Are you walking in love? Now, my new one is, are you walking in gentleness? I don't like that one, but I'm putting on that coat every day, trying to be more, with the help of the Holy Ghost, being more gentle. But you see, if I don't take it seriously and actually remind myself, what happens? The Lord speaks to me. I get all, I get all excited, and then I forget because I'm very busy, just like you, and then it slips away. And then it takes two more months for the Lord to say, I, I talked to you about that already, son. You're not doing it. You did it for three days. Congratulations. 72 hours of faithfulness. That's amazing. Now, he does actually be kind to me, and he does congratulate me. But he said, no, but why did you quit after three days? Well, but why? Because you forgot it because you let it slip away. Why? Because you stopped meditating on it. You stopped focusing on it. It wasn't part of you yet, and you needed it to stay before you to force yourself to remember to do it. You, I'm trying to help you whether you want it or not. I'm just telling you if, you, if you want to miss out on this great salvation, then just let the revelation of angels slip past you because their help is immensely needed in your day-to-day -day living. Amen. They are ministering spirits sent forth to help you. Verse chapter two, verse one, chapter two, verse one. And this truth you better meditate on because it's very easy. Let it slip away. So how are you going to remember? Why don't you write yourself a note? Have I sent my angels out today? Because otherwise, you'll, I'll preach it. Let me tell you what happens, Jenny. I preach it, and everybody is reminded and encouraged and feels good. And they'll do it for three or four or five days, and then they'll forget. Yeah. If, I, if I honestly asked, asked you all to be honest and not be a bunch of liars and to put up your hand, how many of you release your angels today? I won't, but I'm telling you, if I did, I know that it would be a less, well less than 50%, even though we teach it and preach it in this church frequently. You know why? It's not because your heart's wrong. It's not because you're trying to be rebellious. It's that there's so much going on. There's so much to remember. There's so much on you that it's just another thing that you forgot to do and you're just gonna excuse it. But what I'm trying to tell you by the spirit tonight is God has a great salvation and angels are an integral part of that. And if it's important enough to you, do chapter two, verse one. Concentrate, meditate on these things. Pay close, oh, the King James says, the more earnest heed. Lest at any time they slip away. They're easy to slip away. How do you protect them from slipping away? Not just in a spike of emotion for a week and then you don't do it for two months. How do you stay with that, that, that spike and you maintain it? You remind yourself every day, have I done this? Have I done this? And then you'll start getting into the habit, the spiritual habit. Lord, I, Lord, I didn't do it today, Lord, but I thank you for it. And the Holy Ghost will help you. Even though you have reminders, you might even forget it once you've reminded yourself. But he'll, if you're open-hearted, soft-hearted, he'll come and say, hey, did you do that? Did you, did, you, did you do that today? You need to remember to do that today. If you'll listen to him, I'm simply trying to tell you there's a great salvation available. A great salvation. 
a great salvation. I'm going to read it to you from the King James, verse 1, verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore, therefore, continues the thought. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. About what? About the great salvation and angels. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast in every transgression and disobedience, that's in them in the wilderness, received a just recompense of reward, they got, they got what was coming to them, they died. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord himself and was confirmed unto us by those that heard Jesus, God also bearing witness with them, both with signs, wonders, and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. There's a great salvation how will we escape loss if we neglect so great a salvation? You know what the word neglect means? To be careless of and thoughtless about. God is saying, I'm offering you help. Don't be careless. Don't be thoughtless with what I'm offering you. You are in a better covenant than them. You are not going to escape any less than they did when I'm offering you more than I offered them. I expect you to do what I'm saying for you to do. I'm offering you the power of the protective blood of Jesus. Make sure you actually show reverence and apply it. Amen. I'm offering you angels to minister unto your every need. I'm reminding you this is part of your great salvation. Use them, send them out. Amen. I'm offering you faith. Make sure your words are right. I'm telling you how faith works. Make sure your patience walk is right. Make sure your love walk is right. I'm telling you about the gift of the pastor in the local church. Make sure you're faithful. This is all part of your great salvation. And he's saying, don't get lazy. That's what he's really saying is don't get lazy. And it's so easy in a, in a busy world to get lazy. And maybe not even lazy is the right word. Maybe just distracted is the, is the word that's important to most of us. Praise God. Thank God for his mercy because he'll bail you out so many times even when you don't deserve it. But he doesn't want you to make that excuse that you're always trusting him to bail you out. He actually wants you to use this great salvation. Praise God. Would you turn with me to the book of Daniel? Daniel, Daniel, Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. Daniel chapter 10. That's in the Old Testament, Reverend Taylor. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. I have to have some fun in the ministry. Come on. <laughs> Verse 7, And I, Daniel, saw the vision for the men that were with me. me did not see the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Verse 8, Therefore I was left alone, and I saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then I... Then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. He's prostrate. Verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, that was an angel touching him, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word, I stood trembling. And then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself that was with fasting before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Did you hear that? He didn't say, I am come for God's words. He didn't even say, God sent me. Now, we know God sent him. But his, he didn't say, 
I am come because God told me to come. Now, we know God told him to come, but he actually said, I am come because of what you said. Amen. Yeah. Angels work because of what you say. If this is old covenant, how much more does that work in the new covenant and the better covenant? If the unregenerated Reverend Sandra, the unenlightened, the ones that didn't have the Holy Ghost, their words could move angels. How much more should the believer filled with the Holy Ghost and covered with the blood of Jesus with the divine authority that Jesus has given us through his cross? When we speak, angels come for our words. It's a better covenant. It's a great salvation we must not neglect. Do you understand? Now, tonight is not a deep in-depth study about angels because I've got literally dozens and dozens and dozens of verses, Old and New Testament, that I've done a long study on. And I, maybe I should write a book on it one day because I've got so many notes on it and the original meanings of the words and what they mean and how, how they apply to us. And there's so much in the Bible about angels. But I don't feel tonight necessarily is to do some long in-depth Bible study. I just wanted to share, you a couple, share a couple verses with you, mainly Hebrews, and to remind Mind you that angels come for your words. They come because of what you say, and that works in the opposite. They don't come because of what you say. So you you have a now I know a lot of people, oh, you should hear, oh my Lord, you should hear. Thank God I don't read negative reports anymore. I just don't read them. Because Kenneth Copeland told told his spiritual sons, don't read compliments and don't read criticism. Compliments will make you proud and criticism will make you discouraged. Now, if your spiritual father criticizes, not criticizes, but corrects you, you better, you better read that because that's to protect you. That's to correct you and get you back on track if you're getting off doctrinally or privately or in any other way. But, but I, I, anyway, so I, I tell Taylor and others sometimes, just don't, don't, read, don't, just don't read it to me. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't need those words getting inside of me. I really don't give a flying rip what you think. Or what your cat Fluffy thinks either. So take that to the bank and deposit it. I'm doing what God told me to do. And I don't really care what anybody else thinks. And I know the Bible. But for example, uh, actually it was you, Milani. Milani had us on, on Facebook group or something. And she was boldly letting me preach. There are all these people that don't, <laughs> don't know nothing. Ignorant. And then this one person just starts just attacking Attacking me, attacking her because she played me and about there's no such thing as believers having authority to speak and that's false doctrine and that's just this word of faith, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it and all that kind of stuff and just, just, just an attack. And, and you know, I, I, I don't like to hear that, but she had one point said to me, Pastor, you know, just keep going <laughs> because you're stirring up devils. <laughs> there's, there's religious spirits that hate this. Enjoy your poverty. Enjoy your accidents. And enjoy your cancer. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Stroke that tumor. Stroke that baby. Oh yeah. Feed it. Because if you don't have the power, you don't have the power of the gospel, the devil will destroy your life. If you don't understand who you are, that you have a right to speak, angels will work. The blood of Jesus causes cancers to die. If you don't understand this, that you're just an open target for whatever hell wants to throw at you. And that's why Christians all the time are being in the grave early. Broke, sick, dying, afraid. I'm telling you what a joke, but we've been given such power. I know not everybody likes it, but we got we to gotta talk. And I know Pastor Nancy has come under attack from people in the religious community because of her teaching on angels. Dr. Dufresne came under great attack from the religious community because of his teaching on angels. Dr. Jacobs has come under 
severe attack from the religious community because of his teaching on angels. And all they have to do is read the Bible. We're not trying to make something up. This is in the Bible. It's revelation from the Holy Ghost because of the Bible. The Bible says they're here to help. And if you don't meditate, you'll let this great salvation slip past you. And the Bible says the angel said to David, I come because of what you said. Which means they come because of what I say or they don't come because of what I say. You see, we're not trying to make up a doctrine. This is the Bible. Now, last verse. I've got hundreds, but let me just take you one more now. Book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, chapter 10, I don't know what it is, 3 or 7 or something. I think it's 3. 3, 107, 103. 103.20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength. The word excel means Gabor. Gabor is where you get the word giant. Goliath was a giant. It's the word Gabor. Where it says in uh, Judges, Joshua, I mean Joshua 5, where it says that, that Jericho was shut up and there were mighty men of valor, which were basically giant men, like Anakim, huge giants there. The mighty men of valor, that word mighty is the word Gabor. When Jeremiah says, the Lord is with me as a dread champion, that's the Hebrew word Gabor. It means a giant tyrant warrior. It, it's a strong word. Now, this, this word excel in strength is the word Gabor. In other words, angels are giant warriors. Yes, and anyone that has ever seen one, I've only seen one once. I mean, in terms of a very dramatic thing. And he was standing right inside the pulpit. Yeah. His head went higher than that beam. And he was the biggest creature. I don't know what other word to say. I should say man, but he's not really a man. But they are, you know, male. But the biggest creature, being, being is a better thing. I've, the biggest being I've ever seen in my life. My head did not, my top of my head did not even, it did not even reach where his belly button, probably now they don't have belly buttons. Because they weren't born with an umbilical cord. But you know, that part of the stomach, my head didn't even reach that. I mean, he was the most massive creature I've ever seen standing right inside the pulpit. And I heard the Lord say, he is assigned as the head angel to this church. And I thought, my God, thank God he wasn't, you know, a dwarf. Because <laughs> if I saw a little three-foot thing with a belly, pot belly and, a, and, a, and a, little, a, little, a little bow, and he said, that's the angel of sign, I just quit the ministry right now because we ain't going to make it. Man, that, that, that boy was huge. I couldn't even see his face. I couldn't see his head because it went past that beam. He was standing right in this pulpit. He was standing literally in the middle of the pulpit. His legs, his legs came this high. And he said, that's the main, that's the chief angel over your church. Powerful. <laughs> now, when Dad Hagen was going to do that deal with the guys that wanted to sell him the trailer, I'm giving you the shortened version, and Jesus appeared to him. Yeah. If you can read it in his book, I believe in visions, but he tells the story, and he said he saw what he called a big fella. Four or five feet this way and a couple feet back there. And he saw him, and then Jesus showed up, and he's talking to Jesus, and he said, basically, he said this... I, I, I need to communicate. You need to know something about this deal not to, you know, not to do this. He didn't tell him not to do it, but he was basically saying, I've come to help you with this. And then he said, and uh, he's going to talk to you about it. <laughs> you read the story and it's the exact wording. It's, it's, it's almost humorous because Brother Hagin is, and he said every now and then he'd glance over. He's looking at Jesus, an open vision. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't think I would, I would just look at Jesus. I wouldn't even dare to break eye contact. I would be so afraid. <laughs> I guess he's seen him a number of times, so he kept glancing at that angel, and the angel looked like he was going to say something, but then he would go quiet. Yeah. 
because either Dad Hagen was speaking or Jesus would start speaking. And so he, he was respectful. And, Jesus, and then he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, well, why would I ask him? You're here. You're Jesus. You give me the message. And Dad Hagen said, no, he has come from the Father with the message. Talk to him. I'm telling you, that's, you learn a lot of stuff by these experiences. And so he said, what would you say? And he started to talk about not doing that deal, that it would hurt him, that those men that were going to loan him the money were going to turn on him and use him and try to control him in the future. Now watch now. He said, but I have dispatched my angels. The angel is speaking to Kenneth Hagin. Uh, he was the main angel that had worked with Kenneth Hagin, the main one, the chief one. And he said, I have dispatched my angels to cause this to work itself out. Da, da, da. And, and I think, I don't know how many weeks, he, they gave him a more as a time frame and then that it would all be worked out. And exactly as he said, it all worked out. All the money came in. He didn't have to use those businessmen that were going to turn on him and everything was fine. Yeah. But I bring that up to say, that angel said, I have dispatched my angels. Now you see, we got to interpret people's experiences with the Bible. And so I did an extensive study, as did Dr. Dufresne and others. And you will see in the Bible, there are rankings of demons and there are also rankings of angelic forces. There's many kinds of angels. And angels, the superintendent or the in-charge angels, have angels under them. There are angels. We know in one capacity, Michael and Gabriel had angels working with them when they came to Daniel and the prince of Persia. And, and he said, I had to go and get Michael. But there were other angels under Michael that were fighting. So you do see scriptural precedence and revelation that angels do have angels under them. There is a hierarchy just like there is in a corporation. Not everybody is the boss. There are some people that are the janitor. There's some people that are the receptionist. There's some people that are the assistant vice president. And then there's accountants. There's everybody has a rank in a corporation. Well, you think God is not ordered? God created the universe. God created physics. God created organization. If we have an organization in a hierarchy, don't you think God does? We know the devil does. It's very clear in the Bible about the ranking of his demons. We know that. It's in the Bible. They have angels under them. I'm saying that to say this. I believe, and Dr. Dufresne believed it very strongly, that every one of us have an angel that is assigned to our lives. Those angels have angels under them. And because you need more than one angel to get done everything that you need done. You need multiple angels, and we don't know how many each of us have. And don't try to ask them to appear to you because you'll get into error and get weird. Don't try to name them. Don't try to count them. Don't try to offer them tea. No, because some people are weird. They say, Pastor, I, I said a cup of coffee there for my angel, and I just sat there just to see if the, if the, if the liquid would go down. You, you're, just, you're just stupid. You're crazy. You're nuts. Don't get weird with this. There's a true pure revelation of this that works and then there's a ditch just to the left and there's a ditch just to the right don't read any books about angels that are not people that I talk to you about because there's a lot of wrong doctrine out there about them read Dr. Jacobs you know Marilyn Hickey has a good book there's a number of people that have good doctrinal sound books but there's a lot of nut, nut people out there that are, that are not teaching right about angels and you'll confuse yourself do you understand? You don't ever search for them. You don't ever try to talk to them from the perspective of, hey, how are you? What's your name? Are you in the room? Manifest yourself to me. Don't do, ever do that because demons, you, you see, demons will show up and you'll think it's an angel, but it's actually a demon because the Bible says they come as, as the beings of light, as angels of light. In fact, I won't say who, but there's a lady in our church uh, that was having uh, this, uh, these things appear to her in her home. And, and I prayed about it. I said, Lord, what's going on? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, part of it is big witchcraft. I won't get into that. But he said, part of it, the other part of it, he said, part of the open door is there's been such a desire, right. a, a reverence for the ministry of angels in a good way. Mm. 
but that desire didn't stay according to the word and it got over into trying to engage them, trying to, you know, look for them and, and anticipating. And I think that's an angel that I see there that opened a door. Yeah. And now those things are appearing and they look like angels and they sound like angels, but they're not angels. Now that lady took authority over that and they stopped happening. If they were angels taking authority over them wouldn't cause them to stop because you, it's, they're, God's, they're God's beings. But things can appear and look and act and feel and everything just like it. So you've got to stay very circumspect with the word when we're talking about this because you can get very strange very quickly. But, that, see, but you see the ditches, Jenny, make some people nervous about even talking about the subject. Well, just because there's a ditch on both sides doesn't mean you can't stay in the middle of the road. Nobody's telling you to get in the ditch. Just don't try to talk to them. Don't try to ask them questions. Don't ask them to get your groceries. Don't ask them to appear to you. Don't ask them their name. Just don't do that. Just stay with the word. They come for your words. They have angels under them that will, there's plenty to get whatever job you need done, done. You don't have to ask how many are under them. Dad Hagen didn't. You don't have to ask all their ranking systems. You don't need to, you just need to speak the word. That's all you need to do. Now, they, they excel. Remember, that's the word giant, tyrant, warrior. So they're mighty, mighty, huge creatures. They excel in strength. Yes. And that word means power, force, ability. You know what it also means? They, like a chameleon. Because a chameleon, if it's on your thing, will turn brown. And if it's on your thing, it will be mauve. And I don't know if they can turn blue. But anyway, they might try to turn blue if they're on your shirt. But chameleons change color based on their environment. That's what this word, excel in strength. It means they have great power, but they have adaptive power. Now, that's what the Hebrew word means. A, A strong, hardy lizard, like, in other words, with armor plating, like a chameleon that is adaptive in its nature. Isn't that wonderful? So when you say to your angel, listen, I'm speaking the word on finances and that angel goes out. Don't think, well, I don't know, he's busy now and and, and I need help in this protection, but I better wait until he comes. That's just weird. You've got many angels. You don't need to know how many. You just need to know that they're there. And now that angel can adapt to that need and then adapt to another need and other angels, can they adapt. They're a chameleon. They're like a chameleon. If you need protection, they'll give you protection. If you need financial breakthrough, they'll help you with that. If you need uh, favor, they'll help you with that. If you need a new body part, God can just put it in you. But many times they're delivery boys and they'll bring you that. See, they adapt to your needs. They're mighty beings, strong beings that adapt to your needs. I love that, mom. They adapt to your needs. Bless the Lord, ye angels, that excel strong in strength. They're adaptive, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Now, why did he say, I've come for your words? Because what Daniel was saying was God's words. But Daniel still had to say them, even though they were words inspired by God. So they don't respond to your words that are silly words, but when they hearken to the voice of God's word, but it must come out of your mouth. Because they'll come for your words, but your words have to still line up with God's word. In other words, it can't just be whatever you choose to say. What you say must line up with the covenant. And if you speak God's words of covenant, they will obey God's word through your mouth. Angels that excel in strength, I pray, this for, I pray this every day. Angels that excel in strength, that hearken to the voice of the word. I speak the word for you to obey it now. 
I put the word in my mouth with the authority of the name of Jesus. And when I speak, it's like God speaks to you because he's given me that authority. I don't think I'm God, but I know that I have the authority of God. Now I put his word in my mouth because you come from my words, but my words must be his words. Now I begin to say, and then I begin to quote scriptures. They love hearing the word of God. Angels love hearing the Bible because that's, that's God's word. And I, for example, Psalm 512, I say, now angels, the Bible says that favor encompasses me about 365 degrees as a shield. Go and cause favor to surround me today. Now you see that God, bang. Now the Bible says, and I say, that he has borne my infirmity, borne my sickness, and that the strength of God is my portion for life. And I start quoting scriptures about strength and about how they strengthened Jesus in the garden and how they strengthened Elijah when he was running from Jezebel. Then I say, now angels, go and cause me strength today. Then I'll start talking about delivering verses. The angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear him and delivereth them, Psalm 34, so 35. And I said, angels, go and cause that delivering power to come for me. And they do. They do. You see why? Because they're listening to the word that I'm speaking. I'm not, I'm not saying silly words. I'm, I'm speaking God's word to them. One of my favorite ones is Genesis 24, 40. And the angel of the Lord go before thee and prosper thee in the way. That's what, that's what Abraham said to his servant when he was on his way to find Isaac a wife. And he said, the angel of the Lord go before thee and prosper thee. That means the angel, we know because God said to Moses, my angel has gone before you to bring you into the land. So we know angels go ahead of us. Do you realize that Lorraine angels go ahead of us in time? They know the future and they go prepare stuff before we even get there. You know, I don't know, Chantel, if you realize, but your angel right now is working on next week for you. They're working in the future before you even have arrived. The problem hasn't even happened. They're already working on the solution because they go before you. They go ahead of you, not just physically, but even in time because there's no time in their realm. They, They see time. They know there is time, but they're oblivious to time. They can step into eternity and out of eternity and you understand what I'm saying? So they can go ahead of time. They can start working on things because they know in their foreknowledge is coming. I say that every day. Angels go before me and prosper me in the way. And they go before me and they prosper me in the way. And that house I got, one of the miracles was, you know, <laughs> that angel stood on that, on that rooftop. I'm telling you, I know it. Stood on that rooftop and he protected it for us. And one person put an offer in and then they reneged. They couldn't get the financing. You don't think that, you say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, then don't believe in it. I don't care if you believe in it. I'm telling you, it works. I'm not, God's not against anybody. He's not trying to hurt people, but he is going to look out for the covenant child before he looks out for the sinner. Yes. Um, he's not against the sinner, but he has to go with the covenant man first. Yes. That angel was watching out for me because less than an hour after I signed the papers, there was over a dozen phone calls putting offers on the house. And the agent said, in 20 plus years, I've never seen this happen. He said, I'm the most unlucky agent in the world. Because they, the second miracle was they lowered the price by a very large amount. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to get it. But they lowered it because they were desperate because nobody wanted to buy it. But then as soon as we signed, a dozen people all of a sudden, miraculously, wanted to buy it. And were offering more than their original asking price. And so he felt I was, he was the most unlucky agent in the world. Because if he had just, I heard him say to my agent, if I had just waited an hour, I could have offered my clients hundreds of thousands more dollars and I smirked. You know what was happening? The guy was pumping this, the, the, the septic tank. 
which was not a fun experience. But I was watching what he was doing. I was trying to learn, but I could hear them talking over there. They were only about from where Gary is to me. And I'm watching the septic tank, but my ears, I got very good ears. And I, I just perked them up. And I'm the most unlucky. I'm, I'm just so unlucky. I can't believe I just waited another hour. And I smiled on the inside. And I, I didn't say anything, but I thought, it wouldn't have mattered if you'd waited an hour, buddy. It wouldn't have mattered if you waited 19 hours. It wouldn't have mattered if you waited 19 days. It was held until I signed. It was held until I signed. You see, they don't understand. This is God intervening into the ordinary course of nature. This is God helping us. This is a great salvation for me, Jenny, by the end of angelic hosts. Now, you see, I can lose if I neglect this great salvation. If we neglect it, we'll get in trouble. We'll get it. We won't have favor. We won't have angels can't work with us the same if we neglect the great salvation. But how do we not neglect it? We got to talk about him. We got to, we got to declare. Pastor Nancy was, I won't give you the details, but she was dealing with something, uh, a situation in her life that she told Jenny and I privately at the table. And she's, and the Lord spoke to her and said, uh, cause she had released those angels and she was talking about the angels to some ministers about how they were helping and assisting in an area. And the Lord, I won't give the specifics, but the Lord said to her, uh, if you'll talk about them more, they'll help you. They'll be able to help you more because the more you talk about them, the more you release them. And he reminded her that dad Hagen, the dad Dufresne had the same God told him the same thing. Remember when those Taco Bell angels came? We called him Taco Bell because he wanted to buy the Taco Bell building. And he didn't have the money. And so he was, he was uh, for the ministry and he was, you know, praying and everything. And all of a sudden, an angel walked into, two angels walked into the room of a wealthy businessman in his house and looked at him. And said, you will go to that church and you will take a check for this much money. Now, the man didn't have to listen. The angels didn't put a, you know, a sword to his throat. That would overcome human will. But they still told him what God wanted him to do. And it was up to him. If he did it, he'd be blessed. If he didn't, it would open a door. And he came in the tracksuit. Dr. Frank said, I'm in with the lawyer. Leave me alone. And the secretary said, you really need to, you know, who is it? Well, it's a man in a tracksuit. He doesn't go to the church. You know, doctor, he was very gruff. Well, he said, leave me alone. And so finally she convinced him, doctor, I really, I really think you need to see this man. Okay, lawyer, go. And Matt, who are you? The doctor's just like, who are you? What do you want? And he said, to big men came into my room and here is the check. Here, take it. And it was the down payment, but it wasn't fully enough, but it got him over the hump, 300 and something thousand. And some time later, I don't remember a month or two later, I can't remember the exact time frame, but it wasn't very long after he was having a service. There's a guest minister in his pulpit. This is at his church, the guest minister preaching, the word of knowledge comes and he says, you at the back, sir, uh, stand up and come here and share what God told you to share. And that same man in the same tracksuit, I guess he didn't like to dress up for church, stood up and doctor turned around and saw it was that man and go, no brother, he, he's already done what God told him to do. He's already blessed this ministry. He didn't come to the church. He is not a member. He's already blessed the ministry. And the guest minister said to the doctor, no, uh, no, sir. Uh, God said he has something else to do. Come up and take the mic and tell everybody what God told you to do. He came up and took the mic and he said, the, those two men, he looked at the doctor and said, those two men were in my house again. <laughs> and they told me to bring you a check for this much. And it was to the exact dollar what he needed to buy that building. And you know why he didn't come to Dr. DeVrain's church was because he was freaked. He, he, he said, you make me nervous because you walk around and you don't stand behind the pulpit static. So, so Sandra, uh, like, 
He could have such blessings and revelation of truth in his life, but because doctor wouldn't do this, and he walked, that, that just, I just, I just, I just can't, I just can't handle that. Yeah, but you can handle two men walking in your room and giving him hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can handle that, but you can't handle the preacher walking around. Some people are just the weirdest cats. They're strange. But God will use lepers uh, with Samaria and he'll use the man in the tracksuit who's scared of people walking uh, to, to fund doctors' building. And, uh, see, but angels were involved in that. Now remember, when they said, we've come from heaven to straighten out your finances. And he looked at them and he said, thank you. And they looked at him. You understand, I don't know if you've ever seen an angel, but they're big and they're intimidating. That's why always in the Bible they say fear not because you wished you had depends when you see them. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? That's why they always say don't be afraid because they're very intimidating beings. Now you've got two guys staring and they're looking down. You never look up at an angel. They're always looking down at you because they're huge. No matter how tall you are, even if you're Michael Jordan, even if you're Shaquille O'Neal, if he saw an angel, they'd be looking down on him. They're looking at him. They're looking down on him. And he says, thank you. And doctor was shorter than me. So, I mean, he's kind of looking up. Thank you. And they, and they stared at him. If you stare and don't say anything for a while, it becomes uncomfortable. And doctor told me personally, he said, I looked at them and I kind of went, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. He didn't know what to do. They just stared at him. And then finally he said, why aren't you, you come to straighten out my finances. I receive it. Thank you. Why aren't you? And they said, we are waiting for the faith command. They come for your words. Your words must be in line with God's words, but you must say the faith command. That's how they phrased it. And he said, according to the word of God, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Go and fulfill that word. And they both flew through the window. He saw them go right through the window. And whatever it was, a week or two or three later, that guy shows up in his office with the tracksuit with the check. Those angels excelled in strength, hearkening to the voice of his word, but in the mouth of our mouth, our word. They came for our words that are his words. You know what else he said? He said he noticed that they had armor on. He's seen many angels and not all of them have armor. But he said those ones had armor plating. Oh, I wish I could have seen what that looks like. They had armor plating all over them. And he said they were dense. Dense inside there. The armor had been dented and damaged. And he, he didn't ask them about it, but he said to me personally, he said, uh, he said, Craig, you have no idea what the warfare there is in the realm of the spirit to stop money to get into the hands of God's people. Yeah. Those were financial angels. Now, when you think of a financial person, might you think of an accountant? Might you think of somebody in a bank, maybe with a, a nice rimmed glasses, maybe a little bit nerdy, maybe with a calculator, maybe running GL spreadsheets? When I think of a financial person, I don't think of a warrior. Sure. <laughs> when I think of a police officer, when I think of Navy SEALs, I think of a warrior. When I think of the accountant, I don't think of a warrior. Financial doesn't equate warriorship to me. But those were financial angels and they were warrior angels because there was a fight in that realm to stop money to get into the hands of the church. And obviously there had been some kind of hand-to-hand combat that they were doing because their very armor had been dented by demons. 
I don't know how that works. I don't know how all that stuff works. But there's obviously hand-to-hand combat in the realm of the spirit because for their armor to be dented means that there was some kind of force against them. And we know the prince of Persia was withstanding and it took Gabriel, who was an archangel, could not break through. And he had to call chief big boy, call out the big guns. Michael, help! And when Michael shows up, buddy, you better move because he is, the, he is the warrior archangel in heaven and he has troops under him and he comes in great fury and breaks through so that Gabriel can come to Daniel and say, I've come for your words. Did you notice that those demons, the fallen angels were so aggressive to try to stop the angelic help required by the man of God? Now, the blood of Jesus, the Bible says in the New Testament, has cleansed the heavens. So I don't believe angels have the same hindrances. There's obviously hindrances because their, dent, their thing was dented. But I don't believe they have the same level of hindrance as they did in the Old Testament. Because the Bible says in Hebrews that when Jesus rose from the dead, he cleansed the spiritual heavens with his blood. That means that there's victory in that realm. And angels can move more freely than they could in the Old Covenant. But 21 days, Gabriel is in hand-to-hand combat with the prince until Michael had to show up and then he could break through and he said don't be discouraged from the moment you spoke God dispatched me but I couldn't get through because of that prince but Michael came to my aid I am here but notice he still said I've come for your words if you hadn't have spoken I couldn't have come God told me to come but I still had to come because of what you said so God God we we have words We've lined up with God's words, but they still have to come out of our lips. See, Christians make the mistake they're waiting for God to dispatch angels for them, and you'll wait forever. No, God's word has been given to you. Put it in your mouth with your authority in the name of Jesus and speak what he said. You speak with your authority as a born-again believer. What he said, angels will come to your words. They'll come for your words. They'll hearken to the voice of his word in your mouth, and they'll do it. I'm telling you, it works. I can't tell you yet, but I am so excited. I just can't hide it. And I think I like it. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm telling you. I can't tell you yet. Jenny knows what I'm talking about. I am so excited about something God is doing for this ministry. He is blessed today. He blessed us big time. Not with money, but he blessed us with favor on something. And he said, I can't talk to you about it yet, but I'm going to talk to you about it real soon, as soon as, I, as, soon as he lets me. And, uh, and I, I, was, I was driving today, and I said, Lord, I said, how? how did that work? I said, there's no way. You couldn't make this up. You couldn't, I couldn't have organized this if I tried. And I, in my heart, I heard the Holy Ghost say, there's been an angel standing there, son. And I won't give any details right now, but he said he's been standing for two years to cause this to come to pass for you. He's been protecting it for two years. And there has been six assaults to try to destroy that and that angel has held off six assaults it's taken him two years now that has been verified in the natural by secular people and they told me what the scenario was and they verified two years six six different situations but God said that he said that angel's been there for two years watching over my word to perform it I said Lord I didn't have a clue in my mind two years ago two years ago I could barely find the building two years ago I couldn't remember the staff's names Two years ago, I didn't even know my middle name. Two years ago, I don't know what, I don't even remember what was two years ago. In other words, Lord, I don't, I wasn't thinking about this two years ago. But that angel is assigned two years ago. You know why? I see with my house, it had been a year. How long had it been, Jenny? Over a year. They said over a year they couldn't sell that property, right? 
over 18, almost 18 months. And the Lord said that the whole time that angel was standing on that property. But I said, but Lord, I didn't even know 18 months ago that I even, you even wanted me to have a new house. So I couldn't have released the angels if I didn't know. So how could the angel be standing on that property on the roof of that house? How could he be standing on that property if I didn't even know that the property was, I was even supposed to believe for it. And it's been 18 months. And I said the same question today. If you're telling me two years, I didn't know about this until today. I didn't certainly had no, no notion of it two years ago. How could that angel have been watching over it two years ago when I hadn't dispatched him? And the C answered the same thing he told me about my house as the situation here. He said, because every day, son, we didn't say every day because I don't, I'm trying to do it every day, but I'm not perfect. But he said, you regularly dispatch the angels and you don't need to know what it's for. Even you just say, that's what he, he quoted me. Genesis 20, 24, 40. He said, because you say all the time, the angel goes before me and prospers me in the way. The angel goes before me and prospers me in the way. He said, because you've said that, you don't need to know what the angel's prospering you in. All you've done is release your faith in general because your mind doesn't know yet, but you've released your faith that they go before you and they cause you prosperity. And I have sent them before you because I know what I've got for you. And they are standing to guard it for you, even though your brain doesn't know. But they dispatched, not because you specified it, but because you generalized it. You, my angel goes, but him and me, Jenny told me that for the house. As we were driving down and you were praying quietly in the car today, I was, I was saying, Lord, how did this happen? And he said, he's been standing there for two years, guarding this, guarding the situation for you against assault. And again, I said, but Lord, I didn't even know about this two years ago. I didn't even know about this last week. He said, but because you say the angel goes before me to prosper me, he said, I can use your words. Those angels are released because of your words. Your words don't have to know everything. Your words are generalized, but they know specifically. Now, if you know specifically, be specific. But if you don't, they'll still work for you. Isn't that glorious? Now, I'll tell you when the time comes, I'll tell you what it is. We have to, we have to now do a whole bunch of legal stuff and everything. And, you know, that's why lawyers have a job because they make life so complicated. You can't understand everything they say, anything they say. That's not fair, but it's true, Jenny. (laughs) They make life so complicated that you have to hire a lawyer because no normal human being can understand what they're talking about. Now, Chantel, do not be offended. Now, Chantel, right now, right now, there's a weed trying to grow. Pull that weed out. Because even though I, I really don't understand it all, I wish the whole church was full of lawyers because I'd be even safer. <laughs> Chantel keeps me so safe. Amen. Amen. She does. And we have, other, we have other lawyers in our church that are very kind and they, and they watch over us and they help us and they do great jobs. I'm not against them. I'm just saying I don't understand why they just can't talk English. Just good country English. Just good English because I can understand anything that they say in their wording. But apparently we need them to make it legal. So when, I, when it's ready, Jenny, I, I, we'll, 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 we're, we're going to dance a little bit and we're going to give God glory because the angel was watching over it for yeah. us. Hallelujah. I know you say, well, why are you even start telling us if you're not going to tell us the whole thing? It's just not because I, I'm just letting you know the reality of it is real big in me today. Real big in me today. How powerful angels are. How they work with our words. How they hearken to the voice of his word in our mouth. How they are mighty. And years at times before you even know about it, they're already working on it. If you, if you will say the word of God, one verse and not the only, but one is they go before me and they prosper me. And I encourage you to memorize that verse. 
Genesis 24, 40. There's two times it's listed in that chapter. Two times in chapter 24, it's listed in two different ways of wording. But I just like verse 40 more because it's simpler and shorter. It's easier to remember. And I just say, Father, according to Genesis 24, 40, the angel of the Lord goes before me to prosper me in the way. Angels, you hear that word now? Boys, go in Jesus' name. Now, before I close, I want to tell you, uh, and, there, and it's growing, but uh, I felt the Lord prompt me and say, you need to remind the congregation of the categories of angels that I've revealed to you that work with you. Because sometimes you forget. You know, there's that one big one that is the chief that have other angels under him. The second category is when doctor was here, there was two angels. His eyes were opened and he saw one standing where that flower is. And he saw another standing where that flower is. They had golden trumpets in their hands and they were blowing trumpets. But instead of the sound of a trumpet coming out, the sound of words came out of the trumpet. And the word said, change, change, change. And doctor said, those angels are here. They were for the body of Christ as a whole. But he also said to me, they are here for change in this region. So there is change required in Toronto and we have angels proclaiming change. They work with our church for change in this region. Probably with the politics as well. But, they, but, he, but I'm, I don't want to add to that. They, they work with change. The second, the third, the third category is doctor had 50 angels to help him in the healing ministry. Uh, God showed 25 of them came to pass in Nancy and the others were dispersed to his sons. And the Lord told me, he said, you know, I thought, well, I'm sure I'll get 49 out of the 50, uh, 24 out of the 25. I only got one, but there is one that assists me and God, and God revealed that to me supernaturally. That there's one that worked with doctor in the healing and the miracle anointing that works with us. So that's the third category. The fourth category is January, uh, January 19th. I don't even have the year here, Jenny. When did Patsy come? Whenever Patsy Caminetti came, I can't remember the year, but it was on January 19th. And she talked about Jesus came into the room. Do you remember? We didn't see him, but she sang, prayed in tongues for about 31 minutes. And Jesus walked into the room. The presence of God came very strong. And Jesus started talking to her about the apostolic call on this church. Now, he, she didn't say the word apostolic, but the Lord was basically telling her there are many ministers that are to be submitted to Pastor Craig and they will go out and preach all over the world. And, she, and God, Jesus said to her, tell them that the strong calls must come and that they need to pray for the strong calls. And on that day, two angels came and stood in the service and stood beside me. And those, they were there to bring in the ministers that are called to submit to me as spiritual sons. So we have, we have two angels, at least two, if not more, that work with, with my sons and work in bringing strong calls. The fifth category, uh, Jenny saw them. They were in the hallway at the foyer. And, uh, and also Tanya Morales saw them too that day. Two people saw them. And they were very tall and they had armor plating all over them. And the Lord said to her, those angels stand at the front of your church to protect this congregation. Because there's devils around and there's a coven of witches less than a kilometer away. They have let us know many times that they're watching us. But there's two big strong angels that stand at the front of that church. So just because you can't see them and feel them doesn't mean that they don't. So I, I release those angels. Amen. See, because they're protective in their, in their assignment. They see all these angels have different assignments. And they're all under that head one that was here. And the sixth category is uh, Pastor Ramos on January 17th, 2016, he was here preaching and he saw uh, two angels walk in, the, walk in the building and they were for all kinds of financial miracles. And he said, these two angels are assigned to you, Pastor Craig, to help with financial miracles for this church. So there's two angels that work with us in that area. Number seven, uh, I was standing here on January uh, 22nd, 2017 was the day that I preached about the mantle for the first time. 
and there was a, an encompassing of angels, hundreds of them, I don't know how many, but they were all, they were midway up and they were all along the back wall encompassing a semicircle like a horseshoe around the sanctuary. And I didn't quite know what they were there for, but then sometime later, it was in 2019, in a prayer meeting, I was praying and I saw a whole group of angels here, right here in this section right here. And I said, Lord, what are they? He said, those are the same angels that were around this building. And he said, they're assigned for the mental and they're assigned to help the children of the mental to come and for the mental to produce. And there was a whole bunch of them. So I send those angels out to go. The assignment for those particular angels is for the mantle. The assignment for Toronto. That's why there were hundreds of them because we're going to need hundreds of them. Now you see those protective angels aren't assigned to the mentor, they're assigned for protection. The financial angels aren't assigned for protection, they're assigned for finances, financial miracles. You see our angels have various assignments. Praise God. The eighth one, uh, I was on the radio and... Uh, an angel, an angel came and two of them stood right beside me on one of those, when I was, the sanctuary was empty, I was doing a radio. And I said, my God, Lord, what are, the, what are these angels here for? He said, they've come, they're assigned for the radio. They were assigned to go out and to affect people to listen to the radio. Because they'll influence people along those lines. So that's another category. Then there's uh, two assigned to Africa. I saw them with, my wife saw them too with flashlights, looked like flashlights, although they weren't flashlights, of course, but they were, they were going over the land, shining light over different regions where the gospel was going to come forth. And the Lord said, they've, they're called to that continent. All they do is Africa. That's their only assignment. And so and those angels have been getting, getting things ready for us, influencing pastors, opening up doors. They're assigned for Africa. Number 10, there were two angels assigned for our new building. In October 2017, Pastor Nancy started to prophesy about that new building. And she said, and now angels have come to assist you getting the new building. Now, they're still working. Don't think that they've taken a vacation. It's just taking some time. They're working on Bob. They're working on the new building. But they're assigned. There's angels specifically assigned just for our building. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Number 11, uh, Pastor Nancy called me out in a meeting once and she said there's an angel standing in front of you I I couldn't see him and I couldn't feel him either but she did and she said he is help and I'm quoting now he is here to quote help you deliver that which needs to be said and to help that which you say to be received into the hearts of the people and she said and I see he pulls a drawer out of your throat Things of the spirit are sometimes difficult to understand. But she said, I see him pulling and it looked like a little drawer came out of your throat and he put a scroll inside that and he pushed it back in and what the scroll was written on the scroll, you began to preach. Revelation. Revelation. That, and, and, the, and also that angel then goes and touches hearts so they would receive that scroll. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty wild. So that angel is here to help in my preaching. That's number 11. Then when we did FMI Go, the international, I know we got ones for Africa, but the Lord said to me, he didn't tell me how many, but he said, angels have been assigned for your international ministry. And that was just a couple of weeks ago. He said, angels, new angels that came in that groom, new angels have been assigned for the various countries that you're going to, they'll go in advance. So there's angels working in the Philippines right now. There's angels working in Brazil. There's working angels working in the northern areas in the northern territory of Canada with the native Indians. There's angels working in Israel. Because they're assigned. He didn't tell me how many, but there's there's multiples of them that are assigned for the FMI gold ministry. Praise God. The next category, the Lord said there's an angel assigned specifically for your aviation department. And that angel works. Now that angel got us that deal on that plane. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. 43% off the price of the plane and bought it without even taking a single offering. That angel was at work. So there's an angel over that. There's also an angel when, 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 during COVID, number 14, during COVID, I was preaching and I heard the Holy Ghost. I thought that Taylor had come and stood beside me because 
I turned like, why are you standing here? I'm preaching. And, you know, I, I know you wouldn't do that, but I figured you were just being rebellious. I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> and there was, and there's an angel and there's an angel. And I, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, he is here to bring your congregation into Hebron specifically. He is here to assist. I don't know exactly what all that means, but he said he is here to help you enter Hebron and to fulfill the call in Hebron. So send him out for his assignment for Hebron. I don't understand what all that means, but I send him out for his assignment in Hebron. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Then there, number 15, there was an angel. I was, when I started, I don't know when it was, because we've done about six or seven, I don't know how many, but there's been a number of times where I began, I've stepped into that anointing and I began to prophesy about politics and about all that kind of stuff. And on the, I think it was the second time I did that, an angel came and stood beside me and the Lord said, he is specifically here for the political arena. He works with your words for Canada, polit Canadian politics. Now, remember, I didn't ask for that, but Pastor Nancy, in that voice prophecy, she said, and you are authorized to change things in politics with your words uh, because of that office. Yeah. And there's an angel assigned for politics in our church. Now, he's not a politician. He's just assigned to work with politicians. I feel sorry for him a little bit. Who wants to work with them? But praise God, he likes to work with them. And lastly, the 16th thing is... Uh, when I was preaching the surge thing, Jenny, the sermon this last Sunday about the surge and about signs and wonders, the Lord said there are, he didn't tell me how many, but he said there in this new room, because this revelation came with the new room. He said in this new room of this revelation about the, the dramatic influx of divine joinings and the surge that's coming to our congregation at some point in the future, a massive growth. He said there are, he didn't say how many, he said there are angels specifically assigned for the surge. That's what they do. They're out there right now influencing people so that at the right time, they'll come for that surge. Now, that's all I've got so far, but that's 16 categories, 16 occasions, 16 specific instances where angels have come with specific assignments. And that big monster is over all of them. Praise God. He's not a troll. He's not a dwarf. He's not a, he's not a, a cherub with a little belly. Praise God. Father, I thank you. I just remind the people because those that are hungry, Father, will pay attention and they'll write those 16 categories down and they'll begin to, they have authority to release them with me because they are part of this church and I have delegated them authority because they're under my authority in this work. They are part, they make the church called promise of life. Promise of life is not a building, promise of life is them. If we go to a field or, or, to a, or, or out into the wilderness, we're still Promise of Life Church. 140 Capital Court means nothing. They are Promise of Life Church. And because these angels are assigned to Promise of Life Church, they have authority to release them. So Lord, I release them, but they also can do their part and bring their supply of the Spirit. And, and whenever they want to, they can say, Father, I thank you. For example, that category of those angels in the financial miracle area. Lord, I release them today. I'm part of the church. I have a divine right. Lord, I know, Pastor, I know Pastor Craig is the head, but Lord, I have a divine right because I'm part of that vision and I'm a faithful person. I have a right to say, angels, you go forth in Jesus' name and cause those financial miracles to come. Now, Lord, if these, if these people would help me in sending these angels out, it would sure be appreciated. So I thank you for the hungry ones and for the ones that pay attention uh, that they actually write down those 16 categories and that they start to release their faith and release those angels by faith with the authority that they have in your word and in your name. Those angels are assigned. Lord, you've given us a great salvation and we're not going to let it slip past us because we will suffer loss. No, we are going to all the more earnest heed 
pay attention to the great salvation, which in, in, in a major way is the angelic host of heaven assisting us. Because they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister and they come for our words and they hearken to the voice of his word, which is in our mouth. So I thank you, Father, that the congregation, Lord, you said this to me today, teach on angels, talk about angels. Some of them have forgotten. Tell them the categories of angels, remind them again. They are here to enforce a great salvation on your behalf. Don't let it slip away, son. So, Father, we remind ourselves, like I said earlier, even if we have to put a reminder on our phone, have you sent your angels out today? If we have to put a sticky note on the, on the mirror, have you sent your angels out today? Have you applied the blood today? Have you prayed in the Holy Ghost today? Father, we need to remind ourselves until it becomes such second nature that we do it without needing to be reminded anymore. Because if we don't, it will slip away from us. And we'll do it for two or three days because we're excited. And then the busyness of life will creep in and we'll have let it go for another two or three months. And how much those angels could have done in that two or three months, but they won't work unless we release them every day. It's a daily activity. It's a daily assignment. If your faith has to be renewed every day, angels have to be released every day. If you need to pray and seek God and have fresh revelation every day from the word, angels need to be charged and commissioned every day. So do it every day and you'll see things will start to turn for you. And you'll see miracles like we're seeing miracles. You'll see God give you such favor. They'll go into the future and they'll watch over things that haven't even happened yet. Because of your words, they go before us and they prosper us in the way. <laughs> I thank you, Father. Oh, praise God. Now, Jenny, didn't something just happen today? Yes. See, I haven't even written that down, Taylor. We've got 17 categories, not 16. Because today, at the beginning of the service, remember? I started to prophesy about the live stream and I heard the Holy Ghost say, there's an angel right here. And I, said, and I sent that angel out, but that angel came tonight. That angel hasn't been here until tonight. That angel came for the first time tonight to help us with that live stream. So we have 70, we got one over the radio, but now we've got one over that live stream. He's gonna go and influence people in other countries to watch, people in other parts of Toronto to watch. Amen. And you'll see it will happen. Why, how do you think it's gonna grow from hundreds of thousands of those angels? They influence people. They don't, tell, they don't force people. But like a demon can sit on somebody's shoulder, and, and that's actually true. They actually do. As much as a little, a, little, a little guy with the pitchfork and a little angel like you see in the cartoons, there is demons influencing people. And as a demon will whisper and say, kill yourself, kill yourself, if, if they're suicidal. Or an, a demon will say, hate that person, talk about that. They influence people to do evil. Angels equally influence people to obey God. And somebody was standing, do you remember Jenny? It wasn't me, but as, past, as Dr. Uh, Jacobs was preaching, one of our congregation members had their eyes open and they actually saw the angel standing beside him in an open vision. And the angel was keeping everywhere he'd walk, the angel would walk and he, every now and then he'd whisper in his ear. And Dr. Jacobs would stop as soon as that angel whispered. He doesn't know the angel's there. But as soon as that angel whispered, he'd stop and go, you know what, I just remembered something. I feel the Holy Ghost wants me to share something and he'd start to speak. That angel whispered that to him. Now the Holy Ghost can come up from the inside, but angels can also come out from the outside. I hated that cruise. That cruise and me were not friends. I will never go on another cruise. And even if Jesus himself is going to be there, I'll never go on another cruise unless Jesus asked me. He has to send me written invitation. 
If I get a written invitation from Jesus, I will go. But I just, I thought I'd love it, but some cruises, things are some for some people, not for others. Cruises are just not for me, but I know others of you loved it, and I know some of you are already gone again. I don't understand you, but God bless you. I felt enclosed. I felt, I just didn't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Don't put me on any cruise again. But the only good thing that happened, Jennifer, in that cruise was I was in the service. I was feeling a little bit low that night. I remember I was feeling a little bit low. And, 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 and Joe Morris was standing to my right. Remember that little room we had services in? And uh, he came up to the, I came up to introduce him. And then he came up and he, and he said out loud, he said, Pastor Craig, he said, while he said, I just had an open vision. He said, as you, it's only like three feet. I mean, the room was so small. I mean, the pulpit was right there. But he said, as you walked just those few feet up and turned around, he said, I, oh, my eyes were open and I saw two angels and God said, they go with him everywhere. He said, they're with you all the time, especially when he ministers. He said, and they were, they looked identical. The angels looked identical to each other. But he said, one stood at your right and one stood at your left. And, and, they, and they mimicked everything you did. Every time you moved, they moved the same way. And he said, while they were mimicking you, they were scanning to protect you. I can't tell you what that meant to me. Yeah. I can't tell you what that meant to me. You know, I've, <laughs> sometimes I go into situations and I know that there's problems and there's, there's problems, even not even in other countries, but even just locally. There's people that I know are against us and whatever. And I can't tell you how much comfort that has brought me. Because I know I can't see them and I don't always feel them. But I know they're standing right here. Right now they're standing right here. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not real. He saw them. And God said to him, they go with him everywhere. Especially when he ministers. They, and they mimic every move I do while they scan to protect. And they, I don't understand why that's important. And I'm not going to now make a new doctrine about mimicking angels. All I know is that they're here and they're here to protect me. And they help me as I minister. That is a great comfort when you're in Africa and when you're, your, uh, when you're in other places and, and maybe you feel that presence of darkness. It's just a comfort to know I'm not alone. I may feel alone. I may not physically have anybody else around me, but I've got angels that are with me all the time. And listen, they're not just with me. They're with you. I don't care where you are. You might be pulled into the boss's office and they may be going at you. Hopefully not because you did something wrong, but even if it is because you did something wrong, there's mercy for you. I want you to remember, not only is the Holy Ghost with you everywhere you go, you have angelic help beside you everywhere you go. They are there to help and protect you. They are there to turn situations to your favor. Even when you fail, they are there to help the mercy of God manifest for your life. If you would just speak, if you would just speak, they will work with you, but they are there. You are never alone. When you're in your bedroom at night and you hear that little creak, you don't need to worry. Your angels are with you. Your angels are with you. I teach my little, I teach all my kids, even my little Lukey, you know, sometimes he'll get scared. He'll watch a cartoon and there's a monster or something, you know, and you know, they were nervous. And I said, now listen, let's, let's release those angels together. And I say, repeat after me, Lukey. And I re he releases his angels. I have him, I teach him how to speak the word and he releases his angels. I said, now honey, you can't see them. But I said, they're right here in the room and nothing can come into this room. Amen. They are here to protect you. Even a five-year-old can get it. Yes. Daddy, I'm okay now. I've released my angels. Man, that's so precious when you hear a four and a five-year-old tell you they've released their angels. My God. You see, we've got to teach this young generation. And we've got to teach the old people like you that aren't doing it. We've got to teach you to do it. 
because they'll help us. Father, I bless this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for Lord, I, I know in my heart that you're pleased with tonight. I know that exactly what you wanted to be communicated was communicated. Now it's up to them, the ones watching and the ones present. They're hungry because they're here tonight. This is not a scheduled service. They're, the ones that are here want to be here, Father. I mean, everybody wants to be here, but they really wanted to be here because they came without a schedule. So Lord, I thank you that they've received help tonight from the Word of God. Many stories I've told on purpose to try to help this become alive to them that they can see like a parable, a story. It's, it's, it's vivid in color that they know that it works for others. It can work for them. Father, we, we, we promise you tonight as a congregation, present and watching, we promise you that, Lord, we're not going to let this great salvation slip past us and think we're not going to suffer loss. No, we're going to pay all the more earnest heed to what you've offered us, angels being not all of it, but a big part of it. And their ministering spirits sent forth to serve and help us. And Lord, they come for our words and they hearken to the voice of your word in our mouth. And we're going to do it more and we're going to do it consistently. And we're going to do it every day until it becomes such a spiritual habit that we don't need the reminder anymore. Because we're going to do it and they're going to work and we're going to see things change in our lives. Because of their great aid in our salvation. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.